0: This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Great to have all of you here today and, and really fun service ahead as we, we close this series. I mean, has this been a good series or what? Like, like really looking at, at identity theft. And for those of you here for the first time or joining us online for the first time, it's based on this simple premise that, that, that oftentimes we feel like we're not our true selves. There's something else. There's something more. And we have moments where we might feel it, but it isn't all that often. And how do we get to that point where we feel it, where we understand it even more? So we've been looking at it, this series, we've been looking at the first one. Please say those two words. The first two were? Deep magic. magic. I'm going to come back to that in a second. The big lie, more than our roles, and today is the art of homecoming. And I want to take a minute to just go back again to look at what we said about, like, deep magic, what that means. So I have some really exciting news for you. You want to hear it? The Blairs are expecting their first grandbaby in September. So, yes. (laughs) I look like I could have great-grandchildren, but no, I I only have a grandchild on the way. So, of course, knowing the grandchild's arriving in September, what do I have to do? I have to start buying toys now. I mean, it makes sense. And so I went to a train auction on Saturday. Wanted to go to a, to a Lionel train collector auction. So it, w- it was quite the experience. And I, I do recommend doing those kind of little geeky things. So I picked up a train for my grandson or granddaughter or twins or who knows. So, um, hope not twins. Uh, you know, picked it up and, and that was fun. And, and what struck me, like I'm here in this auction house, there's just like, like probably over 100 guys there all about my age, and we're all making up the story that we're buying these for our grandkids? Is that true? No. Deep magic. The art of homecoming. My parents' basement had a Lionel train set. And I could go through those cars, and I could go, oh, I had that one. Oh, I had that one. Of course the accountant in my head is going, and if you'd kept them full, you would have been able to pay for the kids' tuition. But it's just that homecoming. Right? That touching back to deep magic again and again. So I so I bought this little locomotive, and this is God I just so you know if you're a first-time attendant, God has a great sense of humor, just so you know. So I get back home, I plug in the train, the, the Lino engineer, engine model into the computer to see when it was made. This train was made in 1965, which was the same year I was born. That's God's sense of humor right there. <laughs> you know? That's deep magic. And it comes back around to the art of homecoming. Like the two come together. In between we have, we have things we go through that help us to grow. There's nothing wrong with the story, actually. Those are, it's just part of the story. But it's all coming back around in beautiful, incredibly beautiful ways, so we have to take a look at passages like ideas like this, like the challenge with homecoming is this: How many of us have a week ahead that looks like this to you right right? We get that maybe we I don't know, maybe we commute to New York City or something like who who knows right all that like that's where our week looks and and yet oh, we, we we want to be able to find home even in that because we're probably not going to change all those little jagged spaces. And that's where God offers us things. God does not answer a way to change all those circumstances. That's known as prosperity gospel. Don't believe it. I don't buy that. What God does is he doesn't give us ways to just say that there will be no storm. He gives us ways to sail through that storm, with our identity intact, and with this. Please, you're all going to listen really carefully to this, right? Promise me? You are exactly what God had in mind when he created you. You are, every single one of you, you are exactly what God had in mind when he created you. That's how we can start to get back to the deep magic that will help us sort of learn to sail through these storms of life. And he gives us this beautiful work to do, things to put our hands into, like what Nick's talking about, Stacy's talking about, all these things. Gives us this beautiful work to do in life. Look at this passage from the Gospel of John. Christ continually calls us back to the art of coming, homecoming. Believe me, I am in my Father's I am in my Father, and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see. These works, believe these works. And it goes on to say, the person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. Because I, on my way to the Father, in other words, on my way home, I'm giving you the same work to do that I've, same work to do that I've been doing. That work being the gift. There's this return and then there's the work we can do with this. And it's, it they end up going together in beautiful ways. We started out with looking at deep magic. We started out looking at two trees. Way at the very, very, very beginning of the Bible. Way, way at this part. And it was the idea of two trees. That God created two trees, put them in this place called the Garden of Eden. Now in the new church, we see that as figurative. We see that as poetic. We see that as poetic. In other words, it's, it's trying to speak to something deeper for us. So I got my little corny tree props here. So on one hand, we got the, the tree of life, right? And the tree of life, th- this part here, you know, it's a beautiful part of our lives. It's It's. new church holds this as kind of that intuitive Loving sense that the deepest loves that we have that inner voice that we can keep going back to planted right in the middle of our hearts And it's always a miracle to me to hear in small groups to hear us No doubt we'll hear from the panelists. This is never that far under the surface You just got to scratch a little bit And you get right to it. There's some questions that will do that really quickly get right to that tree of life And then there also was this other tree. Now, the other tree being there is not a mistake. It's not like there was just supposed to be this. The other tree being there was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And this tree was covered with different fruits. Good fruits, bad fruits. And what do we all want? Do we all want good fruit or bad fruit? Which do we want? Good fruit. All we want is the good stuff. All we want is the good stuff. Is that the way life works? Nope. (laughs) We get Both. And part of life is learning to get, we get both. Now, the Bible is fascinating in so many ways. Like, it's, it's a profound story. Because we see this story circle back around. You go to the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation. So it starts here, story of the two trees, ends here with the story of Revelation. And guess what? We see the two trees again. Take a look at this. On each side of the river, and this was a vision that this disciple by the name of John, has this vision for what the world is going to come to look like. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. Wait a minute. Bearing 12 crops of fruit. Okay, but it doesn't make sense. What's the problem with that, folks? One tree and it's saying two sides of the river. What does that sound like to you? How many trees does that sound like? Two. Two. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. I think this. I think we start to get to life's journey where I got this tree and I got this tree. And they both belong. They both belong. I'm not fighting this anymore. I'm understanding this more and more. And then that beautiful idea, folks, that, that there's a river that goes out from that. New church puts it this way. says that that river is when God's love starts to flow through us. Can I get an amen on that one? You know, it just starts to flow through us. Because we're not trying to figure it all out anymore. How many of us are just exhausted at trying to figure it out? Like, this is just an excuse to say we can give that up. We can give that up. We can get that life has blessings and breakings, and we can get that God has given us this deep, deep, deep gift within. What that comes down to, folks, is this very significant concept. Take a look at this next slide. The significant concept, please say the O word there. There is only one life. There's only one life. That's, I think, talking about where we stop dividing things. Of of course, folks, that's not saying that there isn't evil and sin and bad stuff in the world that we need to address. It's just saying that is part of the world. We don't need to turn away from it. It's part of the world. It's our job to address it. That becomes part of this one life. And this next one, really important, I would take a picture of this. Faith is a trustful... Sorry about that, guys. Faith is a trustful response to that one life, to God's giving. Can we come out of this series just simply committed to a trustful response? To a trustful response to God's giving. I may not understand it. I may not like it. I plan to tell God when I make my way up into heaven, I plan to tell him my plans I think were still probably a little better than his. But... But I I have to learn to trustfully respond to the life God puts right in front of me. To what's here. Because when I trustfully respond to what's right in front of me, I come home. To myself. To who I really am. Not trying to manicure anymore. Just being who I am. Where I am. Listen to this. Who I am where I am, trustful response that God placed me here. It's sometimes to receive healing, sometimes to give it, sometimes to connect, sometimes to be aware of what's going on, a lot of the time, most of the time, probably having no clue. That's that trustful response, I think, that we're called to. What happens, folks, when we get there, this place, Become spontaneous and intuitive. The art of homecoming is coming back to that place. Interesting. New church holds intuition is the highest form of wisdom. Where we come back to a place of spontaneous and intuitive. Now, I want to offer a caveat here. This is really important, especially if you're younger to listen to this. You don't want to go to get heart surgery from somebody who says, look, I haven't gone to church, excuse me, I haven't gone, to, gone away to school, but I'm just going to wing it. You don't want to do that. Obviously, there's a learning component here. We have to learn. We, we have to dive in. We have to try to understand stuff more and more. But as we do that, then we can get into a place where we are spontaneous and intuitive. That heart surgeon who's done all the schooling, all the schooling, and then all of a sudden something shows up that they hadn't seen, any, seen before in a surgery. You want them to be spontaneous and intuitive in a sense to be able to figure it out. That's wisdom. And I think that's where God wants to get us in our lives. So as the band comes out, as the band comes out, think about what this can mean. Think about this very art of homecoming. Notice I'm saying it's art. It's not a science. Think about the art of homecoming. Think about how that can live, breathe, and move in your lives. And then when we come back, you're going to get a chance to hear some people talk about that, talk about the process, as I'm joined by Allie Childs and a wonderful panel. So think about Art of Homecoming coming for you, what is it? So again, we're very, very fortunate to have these panelists, and I want to give you this idea you know, as we launch into the panel here. Listen to this. This is from John 14. This is Christ talking. Trust me. Trust me. There's plenty of room for you in my father's home. Some of you may be aware of the old translation, many in my father's mansion. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? For you. Think about that with homecoming. I mean, that's so much the promise, the promise that God gives to us. And we're very fortunate to have people willing to share their stories of homecoming. Stories that aren't always easy the stories that are always precious, so please give a warm round of applause to our panelists here today.
1: Good morning. I love my New Church Live family. My name is Allie Childs, and I work with Chuck on the sermon writing team. And we had a lot of fun planning this series with Martha, and I'm not going to pretend to fill her shoes,
2: because
1: I can't. But um, I'll introduce my people. Hi, I'm Luke. I'm Abby. I'm Tom. All right, and we are gonna take a deep breath. We're gonna conspire this morning together because it's not easy to be up on stage and even watched on the internet. Um, It's nervous. So let's all take a deep breath. And I want to acknowledge these three people and the gift that they're going to give you in their experiencing of what homecoming is, that trusted, responsive time. All right. Um, Let's set it up with a a little meditation. I don't think you get to come home without some hard times or some times where you have felt lost. And... I want you to go in those times right before you remember coming home. And maybe you don't even know what coming home means right now. Maybe you are lost right now and you don't know if you can or believe you will come home. And in my reading this morning, when I woke up, ironically, it was God is with you all the time. Every single moment. And coming home means to really intimately know that and to be intuitive and spontaneous because you trust that what's about to happen next will be okay and you'll be in deep peace. And we all have those moments of not knowing that it it will happen. And our panel is going to share with us Um, I want you guys to think and to be with those moments right before your homecoming. I want you to think about who was there, the feelings that were going through you, maybe not trusting, maybe learning that trust, and um, remembering the details to share. So we're gonna start with Luke, okay thank you, Luke.
3: Thank you um, i I guess what shows up for me is a is a physical moment when i um years ago I was in one of the colleges I went to was out in Colorado, and um I remember we we were I was back here for Christmas break. And really in a funk, probably for the seventh time in my college career, and if you're in college or high school, maybe you're feeling a little bit lost right now. Um, you know, it was my junior year of college, and was in this weird, not weird, but I mean, it was, it was a, a funk, it was a confusion of where I was going. And... I can remember I spent some time that over Christmas break here in Bernath and talking with my grandparents, talking with my parents about what I could do. And and it seemed in that time I was looking for, for someone else to give me the answer, so for someone else to give me the path, um, for someone else to give me my home. And I remember flying back to Colorado and and really just like feeling such a pit in my stomach. Um... Yeah, and then the two weeks uh, it was it was two weeks of like the I've never I never really felt homesick ever in my life, and it was two weeks back in Colorado after that Christmas that I just was so lost and I put myself in a box. There were people around me. There was plenty of people. I had roommates, um, but I yeah, but I put myself in this box that no one was around me, that I wasn't at home. Because for some reason, I started over that break to change where I thought my path should be. And it, it was actually around that same time that I had met a, a very dear friend, friend and mentor of mine now who helped me realize that for me, it's not a physical place, that home isn't a physical place that it's actually showing up and just being. And for me, it's turned into this piece of being totally authentic, totally vulnerable, embracing all of my fears of not wanting to come up here <laughs> and share because I'm tired this morning. And just jumping into it. It's just saying, okay, yep, this is my path. I, it scares me, but I'm going to say yes. And if I hadn't have gone through all of that and you know some other really good highs and really low lows that I've experienced, I wouldn't be here. I'm really grateful for that. And I don't know where my next home will be, but I know that if I am present with my authenticity and my vulnerability, um, this is home for me, no matter where I am.
1: Thank you, Luke. Can we give him a warm round of applause? Do you hear that we get tricked into thinking that home is our circumstances or what's going on around us? Because I know the longer I go, the more I realize if I, I can have inner peace with extreme chaos, I can be home, and I feel like it's a, I know it's a spiritual practice to connect in the hardest of times. So, Abby.
4: So I'm noticing that I'm shaking a little bit, so I might need to hold the microphone with two hands so it doesn't (laughs) fall. Um, So what comes up for me when I think about that being lost feeling um, is some health stuff that's been going on for me, which um, is that I've been relatively recently diagnosed with epilepsy. If you do that, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Um. So for me, I think, so my most recent seizure was two weeks ago. And for me, that feeling of being lost, I think about when I'm, my seizures are at night. And I'm thinking about when I wake up from a seizure. And I have no idea what's happened. And I'm just on the other side of nothingness, right? And so that's what is most scary to me about it is that I feel like I'm not there and I'm completely alone. So when I think about this idea of homecoming, I think about what's actually true that I am constantly having to come back to because also what's true is that I think we go through each of these phases all the time, right? In and out of the pit all the time. Um, And that the only person that's with me in that moment is God and so it really forces me (laughs) to that precipice, you talk about trusting what's right in front of you it it holds me there, you know that place of there is nothing I can do but hold on to this idea that I'm not alone and that what I think of as suffering or pain are really different than God's ideas Um, so One thing I want to share um, is that a couple years ago, I had had this sort of dream. My husband had just lost his job, and I'd had this dream about um, being in the ocean on like a pool float. (laughs) And it was storming, and I was on this really precarious float and holding on really tightly and um, just being really comfortable on the float and knowing that, okay, I'm okay right here as long as I'm holding on that this is God, right, in the face of all of this other stuff, but what I come back to, I keep this image comes back to me a lot during these times and what I've realized is that actually the whole ocean is God mm-hmm. so even when I feel like I'm just flopping around in the water, <laughs> right God's holding me So thank you
1: Beautiful. Thank you, Abby. That was beautiful. And you hear the wine press, and you hear that God is in the wine press, and the wine press. Tom.
2: So I was asked to do this yesterday, so if I seem ill-prepared, it's probably not an illusion. Um, But, uh, so I've been thinking about rebirths and transitions, and um, there was a couple different uh, thoughts passed through my mind, but uh, the most important transitional period of my life, and hence rebirth, uh, was when my father died. And he he died very suddenly in uh, November 30th, 1988, which seems like a long time ago. Um, It was, seems like yesterday to me. But at the time, I had had a lot of back and forth with him. He was very important in my life. We were, he was very, um, he was a mentor, a friend, all that fathers are good stuff. Um, I had wanted to leave the job that I was in. I, I, uh, had thought there was something that I wanted to do more entrepreneurial and he really resisted that idea. Uh, he he fought me about it. You know, he had a lot of loyalty things and, and, and whatnot. and so he passed, and within a pretty short period of time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But within a pretty short period of time, I was in another city, and and uh, and just happens happenstance about into a, a, into a a job opportunity that I had not even considered. And I just knew at the moment that that was what I was going to do. Uh, so I sold my house. I, I lived around here. I sold my house and and, and moved and moved to Chicago uh, completely on a whim. Um, really, seemingly on a whim, although I knew that this was the plan that God had for me, and uh, so uh, the, the thing is th- that move uh, it, it led to a lot of a lot of uh, trauma and a lot of learning and and whatnot, and of course it led to my son, uh, which is is really the truest gift that that a parent can have. Or, uh, so. I I think I just think about this transitional period and this rebirth, uh, this rebirthing. I would not have made that move uh, if my father had still been uh, still been alive. There is, is no way I could have even presented that uh, that transition to him. Uh, many people were telling me it was not a good idea, but he he would have just been adamant, and I would not have crossed him on that. So, if that doesn't happen, then my life goes in a different direction, and then I don't have this wonderful son that I have, that I'm so blessed uh, to have. Um, and, you know, my life is in a different in different path. So uh, the worst the worst thing that ever happened to me also led to the best thing that ever happened. And I think that's the rebirth and the transitional uh, thing for me. So thank you. Thank you.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. All right. I just thank you. These three beautiful souls sharing with us this morning. It takes a lot of guts to get up here. First of all, just to be up here. <laughs> Second of all, to hold a mic. And third, to share your heart. So, uh, another warm round of applause and thank you Chuck for the opportunity.
0: Yeah. So, much. So, much. so, Allie, we get to ask you one question. All right. So, in true Martha fashion, let's just take a breath. And Ali, I'd love. You know, you mean so much to so many people here in the congregation, to, to this this community, expanded community. And could you tell people, like, yeah, this was the last time I really felt home, and this is what it felt like. You know, time recently was just like, hey, this was this was home, this was it, right yeah. there. Okay, um, is
1: this on? Hello. Okay. Thanks, Chuck. That was really nice of you. (laughs) (laughs) Take take a breath. I thought I was off the hook this week. (laughs) Um, Actually, it just happened this past week. Um, I got to go home and see my parents. And they're both going through their physical trials. And I, I remember my doctor saying this when she was 40 and I was 14. And she said, look, anytime you go home... You feel like you're that you're you're still a kid at your parents' dinner table. And she's like, I feel that way at 40. And here I am, almost 40, and I feel that way. So I was I was trying not to get tricked into not being that way again. And so I thought I really meditated about this, and I went home to the place I grew up. And I went to serve my parents, not to please them, not to make sure they're okay with me. We had the most beautiful time, um, except for scrambling eggs, but that's a whole other story. But my kids kept saying, this is the best trip, mom, this is the best trip, and my kids were part of that service and part of showing up for their grandparents at their ages. And um, it was a beautiful circle of love that no one was above anyone else, but we were all there with each other, not necessarily for each other.
0: Folks, please give them a a warm round of applause here. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. So that concludes this series and, and, and the power of that folks like, like could you see in their words two trees could you see in their words two trees that are now one could you hear in their words uh, that, that flow that we've talked about that, that beautiful flow that, that, that life can be when we come back to who we really are we're doing sermon writing team, one of the people. It's a volunteer group, by the way, if you're not familiar with that. It's a volunteer group, meets Thursdays. They actually come up with all the genius things that I say. And uh, one, of the, one of the people there shared, uh, you know, it's kind of like, and he said it with a smile, it's kind of like we're a turtle, and we're walking around wondering where home is. You get the joke in that? You know? We're actually, we're always home. We're always home. God always has us. You are exactly who God had in mind when he created you. What do churches do? Maybe a big part of it is just continually returning people to themselves. To who they are. Imagine that. Imagine what that can be in all of our lives. So think about this practice of identity theft. Think about being aware of what the deep magic is. Think about being aware of where it gets off course, where you might be tricked by a big lie. Think as well, you know, if you're, if you're facing a shifting role, please remember and do the work around the fact that you're not that role and actually you never were. And take time as well to come home again. In a gentle way in a way that's able to know the love of others and the love of God. Yes is a word. Yes is a word. And in that word of yes lies skillfully curled all worlds. T.S. Eliot. Amen. Amen. Please join me in a prayer, and then Rebecca is going to send you guys out with massive amounts of energy. So let's actually, to close this, folks, let's start getting the energy going as we come home. Let's stand up. Let's pray standing up today. We don't do this every week, but let's just do it. You guys can hold it. So Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, hear the congregation as they share a heartfelt amen. Please say amen, folks. Amen. Amen means it is true. It is true, Lord, that so many times we feel lost. We feel far, far from home. Lord, help us to find our way home. To find our way home again and again. That call that is deep within our soul. And Lord, in that, allow us to learn the trustful response that is the response to your love, your life in your way. Bless this congregation, Lord. And please, as always, bring us. Bring us all home. Bring us all home with joy, with laughter, with smiles, with tears. Bring us home. In your name, we pray, amen. You may be seated. And then if you'd like to stand for the last song, you're more than welcome.